This is Chatting Human Design, the place to be to hear how real people use human design in their everyday life. I'm so excited to have you. Hello, everybody. Welcome, welcome to another episode of Chatting Human Design. I'm your host, Janelle Turner, and today I have a wonderfully special guest on who I'm so glad that we met before. I normally don't do that, and the fact that you requested it, I was like, okay, let's see how this goes. And it makes things a lot easier. So I might actually start doing that on purpose. So thank you, Simran Sandi, for messaging me and wanting to meet with me. She's a 2-4 Splenic projector. Um, I got a bunch of notes for you. Energetic alchemist, transformation guide, human design expert, a whole bunch of cool stuff. All these labels. (laughs) Yeah, that just means that You're here to support people in their journey, however that might look, and you have some really neat and interesting ways of looking at the world. Um, That's kind of how I look at human design is it's an interesting way to look at the world. Absolutely. (laughs) What people don't understand. So welcome, Simran. Hi. Hi. So happy to be here. And um, yeah, I'm happy you didn't mind that I wanted to chat before because I think having a a rapport is so important. you know, sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't work and that's okay. <laughs> I don't know what part of my human design makes me like not even think about like pleasantries or like <laughs> anything except for the, the thing that we're going to do. And then, I'm, and then I go, I don't know what part. I'm in a three, six mental projector. You could probably pick a part. My, yeah. in, my, my motivation innocence is just kind of like, what's up? Oh, that's definitely the innocence. Like, it's all good, super trusting. You're a role model. You're used to trial and error. It's all good. Yes, that's a lot of parts of it. So, yeah. But you are totally right because then not only do we get to meet each other and say hi, but also we get excited about what we are, what we each, each of us is passionate about, which is human design, amongst other things, yeah. and helping others in a way that's unique. For both of us because we have different designs even though we're both projectors yeah um you're a splenic projector which means that you have a lot to me <clears throat> i'll let you explain it after i say what i think about Absolutely. it because i personally love splenic authority i think it's really Ooh. cool um it just feels to me like when i have someone around me do like their splenic authority is like working Mm-hmm. um they say things like uh this this is coming through right now or what I have coming through right now or what I feel right now or see right now and it's very like this second this is yeah. what it is so hey you better pay attention absolutely and it's very like oh, everybody shut up she's talking and so I always have to be like listen wait listen to what this person is saying because <laughs> it comes in and it goes but if you're if if you've been working with it um, and experimenting with it for a while, I feel like you you feel the power of it, and you're like, okay, this is awesome. It feels so. And intuition to me is so such a hard thing to trust. I have weird trust things. And intuition I, to me feels like all trust. It's all about trust and like knowing the difference. Is this my fear? Is it my intuition? Is it what is this voice? talking yeah how do you feel about your splenic authority you know it's I have to say like I'm going to go I'm going into my sixth year of my experiment in January and um 
I still have to say I am navigating and learning more about my spleen because as you said, it's like in the moment, it's super soft. And if you don't pay attention, you miss it. And not the same all the time. Exactly, exactly. And sometimes it's just this little feeling. And the moment you start to try to rationalize it and say, but this doesn't make sense, you're already like, the moment it's like fine by then right this message and so many times in my life now that I look backwards because you know I only found human design like five years ago um when you when I look backwards I was like it was there I got the signal I didn't listen because it didn't make rational sense because we're just taught Mm -hmm. as humanity that we're all the same and you know the mind uh, logic always has so much let's say priority in the way Mm -hmm. we're supposed to, let's say supposed to operate. And it's actually in human design terms, you'll know the mind is not our friend in human design. So it's really about totally deconstructing the way we think, the way we take action, the way we listen to ourselves. And um, so for me, I get goosebumps. I actually get physical symptoms, I get goosebumps or I literally, very often, it's stronger as a no for me, like, no, Mm -hmm. this is not the way. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, and I had that throughout the whole 2020 to 2022 thing, let's Uh say, you know, the global thing, and, um, like, throughout that, like, I feel like my entire nervous system, my spleen was just on overdrive. Mm-hmm. Um, I just felt so much was wrong, like, like, no, no, no. And so many times, you know, a lot of times, depending on where you lived, you either uh, had to comply or you couldn't participate in society. Mm-hmm. So I definitely felt most intensely my spleen talking to me uh, very loudly, I would say beginning 2020. Mm -hmm. And um, I really, I really saw that your body knows you best. Every body is different. No one size fits all and probably other spleening people, the way they, um, the way they dance with their messages from their spleen is different. Like yeah. all different. And you said as projectors, I think projectors are the most differentiated type in human design. Mm-hmm, for you sure. Know, like some projectors, energy project projectors, they could very easily be manifesting generators, especially if they're not in their in their not self. Oh my gosh, yes. You know, they're literally always on. And sometimes I've had coaches, mentors, guides who are even actually mental projectors who have, let's say, less definition than I do. Um, So you will you will probably resonate with this. Mm -hmm. And maybe this I don't know if I'm projecting this right, because they're always on. They're like always, always on. Go, go, go. The way I look Mm -hmm. at them, they feel like generators to me. But but maybe that's correct for them. And this is why it's so difficult for anyone else on the outside to say, this is not correct. You yeah. don't have energy to do that. Or for example, to say, you should be going faster. There's no such thing. You need to be consistent. And I've had projectors who have been telling, you know, non-energy types, and definitely I have no motors, you need to be consistent no matter what. it's just wrong it's just wrong like my body 
it's just says my body's like I can't and then for me my adrenals it's like I'm literally just coming out a third round in my life of adrenal total fatigue Mm -hmm. and so what my body has taught me so many times because I don't listen right because I try to push ahead Mm -hmm. uh, trying to really navigate the generator world Um, and so we do have the ability as projectors to push ahead no matter Mm -hmm. what at what cost and that's you know, another discussion, but yeah, it's the awareness piece. Clean, but, uh, no, I totally get it. It's the awareness of, yeah, you can do all these things that you want to do. You can do anything in life that you really want, no matter what your design is, Yeah. but look at and pay attention to and feel in your body what it's, what it costs you. Yeah. And is it yeah. worth it for you to, to be doing those things or can you yes. achieve the same result in a different way? And that's the thing, you know, especially as projectors, we're here, you know, to guide others into success and doing work, life, business in a different way, which is becoming more efficient with time and energy output. So actually get better exponential results. However, and I've noticed this for myself is because I have an open ego, open sacral, um, am I doing enough? constantly thinking am I doing Mm -hmm. enough like still feeling like I need to validate myself still thinking oh but this coach is doing that so even though I know I'm different in my head logically I know that no you don't have to copy what everyone else is doing as a mentor in a way this has taught me a lot is don't put any mentor guide teacher on a pedestal because no one knows you better than you And that really brings me back to like the core of my work, which has always been about sovereignty. Do what's best for you, even if you're deconditioning, even if you have some wounds, which we all have, right, that we need to uncover, heal from, you are your best authority. So if something really doesn't feel good to you, um, you can ask yourself, is this my ego that I don't want to change because it's difficult? Or is this really not correct for me? And there is a subtle difference. Yeah. It just takes practice. Yeah. And you're going to get it wrong. You're going to, you're going to think something is one way when it's totally a different way. It's about to me, for me anyway, it's about becoming aware of those times, having compassion for yourself and for others. Yeah. And just, just seeing it for what it is and going, Oh, okay. Well, next time, maybe I'll take a little bit more time to think about it. And that's the big key is almost anyone, any design, there's some sort of time aspect in, in, there's some sort of waiting or, or you're not really, splenic uh, authority is quick and you get your hits, like we said, very quickly, but you're still a projector. So it's like, well, I'm waiting for the invitation. I have an undefined sacral, um, but my spleen is like, nope, I'm here right now. I got this for you right now. And it's, it's figuring it out. It doesn't, it doesn't go the same way each time. Absolutely. Your swinging authority is strong. So a lot of times it's okay to sort of override your sacral maybe, or override the waiting for the invitation part or, or make it go faster somehow. Cause just like you said, we can get really efficient with our time. Yeah. And I think that's why as projectors, we do such a good job at that looking like generators and manifesting generators is because 
we're so efficient and we see the bigger picture that we go, oh, you, this is how you're doing things. This is how fast you're going to, we'll watch, here I go. I'm so much faster than you. Right. And especially if you have an undefined heart, which I do as well. We're like, oh, well, I'm going to prove this to you and you're going to see by my actions, my extreme mm-hmm. amount of actions every day right. Right. that I can do more than you. Totally. And it's this, it's this like, let me show you, but actually we're trying to show ourselves because we're competitive. Actually, yeah. It's very like, competitive. Yes. Yeah. And I don't feel like I'm a very competitive person. And then I look at like myself in my life and like what I try to squeeze in sometimes. Yeah. I'm like, wow, who am I, who am I running this race against? And that nobody thank there. You for saying that. I think this is so important, literally, because this competition thing has been such a theme in my life where I really try to look at myself and um like the thing is I actually I'm not competing definitely not consciously with someone else but I am competing with myself mm-hmm. and the way the way it might look to the outside world is like they feel a sense of competition so then they feel competitive right mm-hmm. and then I tell myself I don't understand where this competition is coming from mm-hmm. but I now have an awareness that perhaps it's because subconsciously I am bringing people into my field who bring up this, my, the wound of my open ego, which is like, mm-hmm. I'm not good enough. So I need to push myself more, not to be better than someone else, but in terms, at least for myself, it's like, why am I not doing to hit a certain level where you, yeah. that would, where you would say, this is good. I'm doing good. Yeah. I'm a good friend. I'm a good yeah. human. I'm a good, whatever. Exactly. But if you don't hit that imaginary level that you make up in your head, you're like, well, I'm not doing enough. So I'm going to, I'm going to try. Exactly. And I really feel that I I definitely, for me, I feel that wound of that open ego. Mm -hmm. And, you know, also, as you said, I think you will know this more than probably a lot of types being a line three. And I have a lot of line threes in my, in my activations that there's so much trial and error and we have to redefine what failing is. Cause actually it's not failing. We were meant to go through that, even if it didn't Mm -hmm. work out the way we thought. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And yeah, that can really take the wind out of your sails when it comes to yeah the undefined. The undefined heart is really, I feel like is really strong, especially with females. I feel yes. like, um, especially if you grew up as a female, I guess. Yeah. Um, in the like competitive 80s, 90s-ish, 70s. Yeah, 90s. absolutely. Absolutely. Like you can do whatever you can have, whatever, like this whole thing about, you know, women's emancipation. And I worked in banking in my twenties and I was like super type a competitive when I was younger and definitely competitive. It's like model United nations, all the committees, like, you know, getting all these awards. Yeah. Yeah. Feeling like I have to keep pushing, pushing, pushing. And if I get this, I'll be good enough right? It's this, when I look at it now, it's like this little girl looking for validation, wanting to be seen, wanting to feel good enough in a world where she kind of felt totally alien. That was my experience. And then having to push in like a man's world. I worked on the trading floor. Oh, wow. So can you imagine a non-motor projector working on the trading floor uh, totally blown away 
and super slave. Literally, I was a super slave because I started as like the bottom of the rung and literally was everyone's slave. Oh my gosh, you must and have been tired. And that's double the case for a projector, you know? Yeah, you must have been exhausted. I had, I literally, I um, had two slip discs in six, within six months of starting. I mean, I was 21. I used to be super athletic. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's not because I was like, unhealthy it's the truth because I was sitting so long at my desk and my body didn't know what was going on Mm -hmm. and then constantly like waking up at 5 a.m getting home at like 9 and then having to do it the next day again it was just totally unaware but here we are starting the first job go 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 Mm -hmm. and then literally not recognized you do this I don't care how you do it you know like so many wounds from that but again got a lot of wisdom from it which is now why I can guide people in those kind of environments especially women who've worked in let's say very alpha competitive environments Mm -hmm. and you know I think in the when I started work which was 2000 2001 there wasn't this sense of this like sisterhood or this women helping each other out Mm -hmm. very cutthroat yeah 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 I right this whole sisterhood thing I love the idea but I didn't experience that when I was working I mean I wish that would have been the case but the whole sisterhood thing like thanks to millennials for that you know awakening consciousness (laughs) right but uh, that wounding at least for people in my age group is still there and needs to be healed yeah yeah totally I totally get that yeah, that's so crazy that that's that you did that. That would terrify me. I've never had like a real I weigh tables. Yeah. And for like 10 months I had an office job where I sat and and, <laughs> and called cold called people. And oh. it was terrible. I hated it. Oh, it's I, horrible. I, I've done I, that too. Like project nightmare. It's so bad. <laughs> I was getting up constantly, like you said. I was always late. I almost got fired for being late because I doing stuff that in an office that early in the morning with those lights and the people and oh, yeah. I'm like no yeah. I need like three hours in the morning oh yeah wake up and stretch and meditate and write and eat and have my tea oh and I, I see my you. husband and my dogs but then that's like <laughs> it you know I only had that after the age of 42 like I'm 44 now so this yeah. beautiful morning routine which is basically doing not much yeah I've only, had the, I've only had the pleasure of that in the last couple of years oh I was like always on someone else, else's timeline right mm-hmm. and so like I worked in banking then I worked in other corporations and pharma like then luxury real uh, luxury hotel and hospitality and I now realize why I never freaking fit in. Well, I was never really very good with authority because it's all there in my chart, right? I'm very individual circuitry. I have one integration channel, integration channel, and a collective channel. Mm -hmm. And I'm not there to fit in. So, you know, the people who are very individual might resonate with this, that when they're supposed to fit a mold, they're seen as rebels. Mm-hmm. heretics and I fully assume that now but before yeah. I was like why don't they get me like why are they trying to control my life like why are they being dictatorial 
Yeah. And I also have the gate 18 in, in my north node, and that's also about correction, but it's also about deep wounding either childhood and ancestry it's not like I had a traumatic childhood not at all but you know we all have traumas with a smaller capital T yeah yeah as being mm -hmm. a human and it was always this thing about authority yeah. like you know the sense of nurturing versus domineering yeah and totally. so I've always had this kind of pressure internally about you don't tell me what to do so imagine if you're going into super hierarchical corporate structure and internally feeling like but I know a different way. This could be done so much better, right? They yeah, be totally. Like some little punk who just arrived. So yeah, yeah. This, <laughs> this is the whole, I guess, experience about being a projector, not knowing what that is. And then really I found human design, I guess in my late thirties, so pretty late, mm -hmm. um, which then kind of started to make sense of my entire life. Right. How did you find human design? What did you, how did so you I found human design like, um, yeah, um, five years ago. And I had heard about it from a friend. Didn't think too much about it. Didn't my, you know, my body go off online, read a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Already from that moment, when I read about the invitation and when I read about we have to be invited, and I, I'm a 2-4, so that fourth line is very, it's subconscious, but strong for me in terms of how opportunities come to me. Mm -hmm. And so my whole life, I thought I was literally failing because as you, you know, you talked about cold calling, it, I would, it would always blow up in my face or I try to get a job online, like most of humanity or go through a headhunter or just apply online and it would not even get a response. Mm -hmm. And I have a good CV. Like I have good names on my CV, good background. I didn't even get a response. Mm. It's like I was invisible. And yeah. if I was in big groups, I would literally, it was like, I wasn't there. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah. Totally invisible. Right. Yeah. And when I look back to, at how did I get jobs? How did I actually get opportunities? It was friends, family, former boss, coworker, client. No one that I didn't actually know. Yeah. Your fourth and then I was like, you. you know, it's like, it's like, it's, actually crazy for me which kind of made me feel like oh so I wasn't completely failing and more on having applied to like 5,000 jobs and got no responses mm -hmm. like my energy doesn't work that way yeah totally and so then I went through some other experiences with like plant medicine stuff which totally opened different dimension for me and then I got much deeper into human design because I was like, I need to understand more about myself because nothing else has made sense to me. Literally nothing. Like I literally think I spent my whole life going to psychics, astrologers, trying to fix myself, mm -hmm. wondering why can't I fit in? Why does nothing work for me? Why do I feel like such a failure? Mm -hmm. Why do I try so hard and things don't work like they do for other people? Like I put in a million times effort yeah like zero and they literally just step out of the house and something falls on their lap <laughs> yeah, so yeah. I was like what am I doing wrong on this earth as a human you know yeah. you're doing too much you don't need to do that totally much. your totally. energy is quality over quantity um, yeah that's how I feel about projector energy yeah for the most part and it doesn't mean that the other types of energy isn't good it's just no different 
if you have a sacral motor, so a generator, a manifesting generator, you're just making so much of your own sparkle. Right. And the rest of us, we only have a finite amount. We have to give it out. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I see that with my partner is a generator, right? And Mine is too, yeah. He's a generator. Also, he's a five one, so super transpersonal, the opposite of me, like loves to be around people and loves to kind of be out there. And when he likes doing what he's doing or he's in his zone, he's so magnetic. Literally, people stop him on the street. Wow. And I, on the other hand, I'm super hermit. And if I hadn't known that, right, I was like, why is he always out there? Why does he always need to go out there? And he could be thinking of me like, why is she such a hermit? <laughs> right. But knowing this, like literally I could spend the whole day at home and I do, and I feel amazing. And he's like, spends three hours at home. He's like, I'm feeling claustrophobic. I need to go out. He literally needs to leave the house around five times a day. Wow. And that's correct for him, right? It's yeah. like, it, it helps me. Similar yeah understand people so much better and not thinking that we have to be the same way or that we have to conform to each other so it's just really helped me understand literally differentiation how we are so different as people but the world the way it has been it's changing now but not totally there um it's like there's you can't possibly have one model for mm -hmm. every person yeah, totally. My husband is very similar. If I, he leaves the house way more often than I do, but if yeah. I'm, especially if like, I, if I need something, if, if I'm like, ah, oh, dang, we're out of this or whatever. He's like, oh, I'll get it. I'll got it. Yeah. got it. And he's dang. out the door when I'm like, oh, I don't want to do this. Oh my gosh. I and do that I'm like, so hey, babe, do you want to just go get bread yeah. or milk or something? And he's like, sure, bye. And he's yeah. just out. Done. Like, it so doesn't how does affect his energy. I think no. a lot of it has to do with it doesn't really affect their energy as much as, no. as ours. Yeah. Is being out in the world, even if it's just to grab bread and come yes. home. Like it's the smallest thing stop. sometimes. Like literally just to take my dog out. Yeah. I was like, I literally have to muster so much like willpower that I don't have. Yeah. It's like, and he's don't. like out the door before I even yeah. thought of like, oh, I think I need to put on yeah. regular clothes. Dang. Yeah. Like, oh, literally like living life in pajamas is yeah. really protector, like yeah. sweet spot. As I'm speaking to you, I'm literally. Oh, this is like one of my favorite lounge suits things yeah. that I'm wearing right now. Because like, uh, why? What else? Like, I was like, if I have to go out in humanity, you know, I'll, I'll be a human. But if yeah. I'm at home, I like I kind of like slothing around, and it kind of suits me. And actually, I'm most inspired when there's no stress. I don't have to do anything, and literally, ideas will just drop in. But whereas when I'm trying to be consistent, as so many people are taught to be, right? Be consistent, like go, go, go. Otherwise you're, you're, you're invisible mm -hmm. and you need to keep adding value. But like if that value is number repetitive or actually not coming with real excitement, it might as well not be there. Whereas if you drop some, let's say, pearls of wisdom that really feels embodied and you've experienced it and then you share, that's a totally different feeling. Like maybe there's some like generator types that are really so magnetic, so full of energy that it's okay for them to keep sharing. Um, <laughs> I really realize that's not me. And that's actually been part of this, like my third adrenal burnout, which literally has been happening now, uh, where I was like, 
okay, you've got to freaking stop everything. So I'm literally, the only thing I'm doing right now is continuing with my long-term clients, but I pulled everything else back because I literally am so burnt out. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Even though I help people on their human design, I help people go really deep in. And it's this thing of like being super good at seeing others. And then I'm also a second line, right? Two, four. Yeah you just don't see yourself. And I'm yeah. like, so you got to stop. And I got some really good advice from a mental projector, actually. Yay. Literally <laughs> said, you've got to stop. And she said that with such force that I felt it so deep in my bones that it was correct. And she was wow. right. And since then, it's been about a month that I had that conversation. In the first three weeks, it still felt uncomfortable to not be posting, not making content, yeah. not reaching sure. out, not launching. And I was like, you got to stop because I guess about four or five years now into my business, I realized I don't have anything to prove. I know what I do. I'm here to change people's lives, but I'm not here to convince people. Mm -hmm. like, and it comes from like this, I guess, this deep sense of, recognizing yourself everyone always says you need to recognize yourself especially as a projector yeah you really didn't know what that meant I guess until six years in almost yeah but, it takes a while <laughs> yeah, literally and it's like some people get it much quicker but I guess I'm a slow learner that I really feel like I'm not going to do anything from a sense of doing it to get an outcome Mm -hmm. I'm doing it because I love it. And people can join me for the ride if they feel, mm -hmm. but not like I can help you because I'm the best at doing this and no one else can't know. There's millions of people who can help you, people who can be amazing for you in different parts of your journey. I might fit in in this particular period of your life, but you decide. Yeah, exactly. Because I don't want to push you. And I don't want, like, because then in that container, however long we're together, it's going to be a codependent relationship where I feel like your results are dependent on me, but actually they're dependent on you. Mm -hmm. Exactly. You're the exactly. one making the transformation, not me. I'm guiding you. Yeah, but all exactly. the credit, all the results, all the success, as well as lack of it, it's yours. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that was like, it's become... I have to keep reminding myself about that because I was like, I have to get results. I have to get results. It's like, actually, it's not up to me. Yeah, exactly. Well, speaking of stress and stressing less, um, I've been trying this little productivity drink called Magic Vine for the last few weeks. Um, it's really neat. I take it in the afternoon because I need something to kind of help me out. And I have a pretty sweet tea ritual in the morning that I like. I have gate five, so I have little rituals that are very important to me. But this I can fit in in the middle of the day. And it really boosts my energy with green tea and L-theanine, L-thionine, however you pronounce it, which decreases stress while mm -hmm. keeping you alert. So wow. this is an awesome thing to try if you need to boost any time of the day. You can have it with caffeine or on its own. Um, it's got adaptogens, nootropics, uh, matcha green tea, all kinds of good stuff. And if you go to magicmind.co backslash HD and use code HD, for human design, huh? you'll get 20% off 
of your order. Again, that's magicmind.co backslash HD and the code is HD. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. Ads are so funny. Okay. So what is like right now, what is your favorite part of maybe not just your human design, but human design in general, like the things that are like really interesting you in other people, perhaps, because we do look at the other quite Yeah, totally. I feel like the most interesting thing for me, I'm really, especially because of my experience and like my particular path, um, has been about deconditioning mm-hmm. and um about getting back in touch with my body because so often I override my body, like wake up at six, go to the gym, be a generator. Uh, And now I'm literally, you know, also do cardio, do hit. No, for me, I'm rediscovering somatics, somatic intelligence, polyvagal theory, uh, breath work, uh, literally coming into my body, whereas before I was literally escaping all the time. Like I have all of my, like the top four centers defined. Mm-hmm. So I live in my head and other dimensions. And that's great for my work, right? Mm-hmm. But it's not so great about actually manifesting and being present to your body and being mm-hmm. kind to your body because I'm not in my body most or have not been in my body most of the time. Yeah. And especially for manifestation, people into manifestation, what I've now realized is if your body isn't feeling safe, comfortable, relaxed, no amount of affirmation, healing work, visualization is going to help you because your body doesn't feel safe to hold it. And so for me, deconditioning has been so much about, okay, are you doing this from stress because you feel like you have to and you're pushing yourself, which means that you'll do all the work and get no results because your body can't hold it? Or are you going to say, and this is how we started out in trust, are you going to trust that you're always on time, you're never late, what is for you is never going to miss you, and it's safe to slow down, it's safe to go at your own pace, it's safe for you to not have linear results yeah. because you're not there to work and function like other people, including other projectors, yeah. right? And it's not just a projector thing to have deconditioning. A lot of projectors have a lot of deconditioning to do, but other types like generator types, I've seen, I, I have a lot of manifesto clients in my world for mm-hmm. some reason. And I think it's this thing about they have this big energy and they feel kind of like afraid to come out in their beautiful glory. I I call it like a lion energy Mm because they feel like they're too much. And so a lot of the deconditioning for manifestors types is like, you don't need to wait for the permission. Take advantage of it. You're one of the few Mm -hmm. types that actually you can just go. No matter what. I find it hard for manifestors to reconcile the the non-sacral with yeah. their like strong energy like, yeah so you can say from other, they're like ah. right they're great at initiating at leading but they're not there to do the work yeah <laughs> they're also there just to like say i get the spark of inspiration and then i delegate yeah um, yeah so yeah yeah it can be hard right because a lot of times they can fall into the generator trap of like i start so i must finish but no you don't have to right? You can start and actually 
when it doesn't turn you on anymore, you can leave it or come back to it. Yeah, totally. So, so yeah, it's like, I feel like human design for all types, I really feel it's, um, it's a benefit as long as you see it as a tool and not get super dogmatic, religious, mm-hmm. um, IHDS told me to do it this way and this is the only way yeah. you know like the super let's say puritanical way of doing things I'm the same way stretch the boundaries yeah and it's not like I'm saying if that works for you go ahead and do it but for me I want to see it not as something that would limit me I want to use it as a tool to actually help me in my life and so maybe that means that I'm let, let's say not as strict in my interpretation and let, let's say my suggestions mm-hmm. because I want you to use it in your life as something of benefit and not exactly. as a limitation yeah it's not something that we have you have to do it this way or else you're doing it wrong and that's a lot yeah. of the human design speak is if you aren't doing things in a particular way, then you haven't even started your experiment. And that's exactly, silly. there's so much of this human design thing. And, you know, I don't know if Ross said it exactly like that or not, but it's an experiment for a reason. And he did say, don't believe me, try it out. Which <laughs> people forget to yeah, remember. Yeah. Like he did say, don't take my word for it. Live your experiment. Um, you know, like, like non-sacral shouldn't be sleeping in the energy of anyone else and um projectors are not made to procreate like so much stuff yeah there's a lot of big stuff out there that's like well those things would totally change like the way that I live or the ideas I have for my life like if you were a projector and you said oh I'm not gonna have a kid even though I want one because I'm a projector like that would just yeah that feels crazy absolutely I still believe like if there's like an an inherent desire for you to do that you should do it you know maybe you will be more tired but that's okay most people are tired just make sure you have help Mm -hmm. and don't make yourself feel bad about not having the energy to be on all the time and give yourself grace and um again it's like the same thing with like sleeping yes Mm -hmm. ideally we'd all be able to sleep have huge mansions where you know we're sleeping apart but sometimes like that's not always possible yeah exactly you know I've never had sleep problems like I've never I'm a good sleeper I'm a big oh you're so lucky (laughs) so I never really think about it or yeah um I don't know I guess I would say that sometimes it is nice if I go to bed and he's still up, cause it happens sometimes yeah. Yeah. or if he gets up and I'm still in bed and there's a little bit of time, yeah. I guess that's nice. But to me, it just, it feels nice because it's alone time. Like, I don't necessarily know if it's because I'm in bed. I guess that's great too, yeah. but the dogs are there with me. So usually it's yeah. like, I'm not alone alone, but I think it's just the being a, an alone human sometimes for, for, yeah. for projectors. Yeah. I mean, I have to admit like I'm a very light sleeper. I have always been a light sleeper. Mm-hmm. I don't sleep through the night. It's husband. always been the case. And I do, I, like, I have to admit that when I'm on my own and I sleep in my own energy, I do feel better the next day. So I know that there's something to it. But at the same time, that doesn't mean I want to sleep on my own. Right? No, we, so I, I want really, the connection with my partner. Yeah, I want sure the connection. Yeah. 
it's definitely true that um, I sleep better because I we have totally different schedules. He wakes up at 6 a.m. Mm-hmm. I sleep around 12. Uh, I just like I come alive at night and he's tired at 6 p.m. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like this burst, he's like typical generator, burst in the morning, CrossFit, and then wishes through the day. And I come alive around 3 p.m. Mm-hmm. And so uh, our body clocks are totally different. Oh, yeah. Yeah, totally different. And he goes to the CrossFit at 6 a.m. That's when I sleep. Yeah, exactly. 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. I sleep. That's nice. So, you know. You work that out. And that's, it's interesting to look at that because it's not necessarily, I mean, it it is, it does make sense with his design being a generator and you being a projector, but it's also the way that we have conditioned ourselves to so like you said, uh, you, uh, you prefer this time of day to be awake yeah. versus this time of day. And yeah. I'm, I'm pretty similar in that. I don't like to get up super early, but when I have to, I can, but I need to, I can't leave. I can't like get up and leave my house. He can get up and leave within like 30 minutes of, of waking up. And I'm like, yeah. that is insanity to me. <laughs> I used to do that in my 20s. Oh, God. Wake up at 5, 5.30, be out of the house by 6. Can't even, like, imagine. It just seems like so much. Just like you said, some, just having to get out and walk the dogs in the morning, it's like, okay, yeah. that's enough. Now I need to go have my hot water and yeah, stretch yeah. and go in there because it needs to be quiet. And then um, I like to go to bed If I had my choice, I would go to bed early and get up fairly early, but a few times a week, I, I wait tables pretty late. So my schedule is kind of weird. There's nights where I don't go to bed till like midnight because I'm not home, Yeah. but I wish I wasn't. Yeah, totally. And that's like just recognizing that, okay, this is not ideally what I'd like to be doing, but just being aware and like we're humans and we can't always literally do things according to human design right they also say like project your trust that everything will come to you but you still have to pay bills right you still have to yeah like have shelter you still have to yeah. have food and so you know they're like but if you're really living correctly that will come to you yes but in the meantime yeah i can't just quit my job i would right. love to right. i would love to but exactly i've so shortened the amount of time i have to be there to the smallest amount of time i can financially survive so that's the exactly. best i can do yeah. and then the rest of the time i put towards the stuff that i really like and that really interests me and that i'd really like to spend my time on yeah and then i look at it and go well most of the time during the week you're doing stuff you truly enjoy this time that's a little bit less than the rest of that time is stuff is you don't like this but you have to do it right like and I think if we just look at it like that like you know like some of the stuff that let's say we have to do a lot of people say you don't have to do anything but let's say to survive right um in order to have our basic needs met as a human in order to yeah not be yeah like not like die of starvation yeah Yeah. we need to do something it's not like the universe is going to be like oh here you go here's food i know you need yeah exactly if we're just aware of that and say, okay, you know what, this is temporary for however long temporary is going to be. Yeah. And then just say, I know this is like not great. And at the moment I'm grateful to have it because I get to support myself and I then get to spend some time doing stuff I like, as long as it's not 
taking all of our energy, right? And so I, I do believe that that's why we have to temper a little bit the way that like the super puritanical human design people when they're like, well, just if you're living your life correctly with your strategy and authority, then it will just come. Yeah. So yeah. I was like, you know, it's very say, vague for a lot of people when you say it's super like vague that. and it's very easy to just say trust. A lot of people don't know how to just trust. Like even me, like I'm talking about trust all the time and trust. I feel like it's a muscle that you have to literally develop yeah. and it doesn't just come like one day to the next. I'm not going to trust and things are going to fall in my lap. There's, exactly. there's like an integration time. There's like learning how to recognize signals of our environment, people, ourselves, our bodies. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, ideally we're living our strategy and authority and it's like, it's everything, right? Like you have innocence motivation. I have fear motivation, right? So I'm there to like go really deep into why stuff happens so that you feel safe. And I'm um, here to be like, do, do, do. Yeah, you're like, let's do it. <laughs> That's so funny. My business partner also has fear motivation. She talks about how it affects her decision-making a lot. Yeah. And the motivation part piece of human design is, is something that, um, I guess I don't think about a lot, but that's probably because I have a lot of motivation in a yeah you're like oh it's gonna work out it's gonna work out it's gonna work out I'm on the roof I know I know but that's so hard to reconcile with the rest of my energy which is mental projector so Ajna throw only so it's Uh, like to me logic and things that make sense feel very comfortable and have always felt very comfortable to me and when I found human design like five years ago yeah it was one of, it made me very uncomfortable. And I was like, no, this is stupid. This is silly. Like, this is too woo woo. I don't like this stuff. Yeah. And I've been like reconciling it with myself ever since. Like, yeah, my logical mind jumps in all the time and is like, hey, I have an undefined head. So it's just a lot uh-huh. of stuff going on in there. Yeah. But my defined Ajna is very like, Logic. yeah, we have to make sense of this thing, which yeah. is what Ajna does. It wants to make sense of stuff. Right. So that when it comes out here, you're getting your message from here yeah yeah but for me I had to reconcile the fact that I don't have to sound smart I don't have to use like big words when I talk I don't have to to if I mess I I, that's a lot of time why I was afraid to talk when I was growing up is because I was afraid I was going to mess up the words I was going to I was going to say things incorrectly and I automatically people would be like oh wow she's stupid and Mm -hmm. I thought this when I was like under 10 years old like I was like oh everybody will think she's dumb now obviously looking back on it we're all little kids and no one cares what you hear but for me the my words and the choice of words and were was very important to me and I so I would really stress out and when I learned that I had to define throat I was like that doesn't make sense because I don't like to talk it it makes me really nervous I have to pick my words And I realized I had such deep conditioning over the fact that ultimately I didn't think what I had to say mattered and that anyone would care about anything that I had to say. So it was, it was a deeper issue than just, I like to pick the right words. It went back to my conditioning of childhood and growing up, and I had to really reconcile myself with the fact that I can just talk. And if people want to listen, they'll listen. And if they don't, then they won't. And as long as I'm not offending anybody with my words, yeah. I mean, 
intentionally, I'm sure I might offend some of the human design community. Right. Some things, but oh, you know, you well. can't please everyone all of the time. Right. <laughs> but as long as I'm not intentionally trying to hurt someone with my words, yeah. then it doesn't really matter what I say or the how I say it or the order yeah. or if I yeah. mess up a word and have to go back. Like yeah. that used to stress me out so bad as a child. Like if I would mess up a word, I was like, oh my God, I can mm-hmm. never take it back. I don't know what it is with my conditioning as a kid, but it was very much like but it's it's really everybody's funny watching you say you. that because I remember even myself as a kid. I mean, I have a divine throat, but uh, I remember watching other kids, right? And now I think back, I was like, maybe they have an, an undefined throat because mm-hmm. either they would stutter or they'd put their hand up, or someone would say that it's like I want your input, and they'd be so frightened to speak. Yep literally like they froze like and, and they're like and then they're like I don't want to be stupid like I don't want people to make fun of me and I do feel like it's this thing about this open throat that perhaps we're not aware of with little with little kids right there's this pressure to speak but if they're not ready to speak and they, they yeah. don't want to speak it's like uncomfortable yeah and that's my conditioning messed with me yeah, yeah. but it, what's interesting is I could read aloud very well. If I had something in front of me and I didn't have to come up with it, then I was golden. I read aloud a lot. I was picked on to read aloud all the time and I felt fine with it, but that's because I had, I read a lot on my own time. So I, I was familiar with reading and with the way words looked and I was pretty smart in that category. So I could just read and I knew like oh if it's a comma I should pause if it's period I should wait like so I would read like with proper pauses and like make sh- and like question marks and yeah. so teachers really called on me a lot to read but if I had to do it on my own and I had to choose my own words it was like Ooh. that just makes so much sense for like an undefined throat because you're actually there to be a spokesperson for the collective for like people who are not you and be a, a, a voice for something outside of you right so when you're reading a book you're actually reading something that's not coming from you it's someone else's thing that you're actually you're a tool for that vocal manifestation but it's not coming from you mm-hmm. so it's super interesting because like you've literally just highlighted like what it says in the textbook but you literally highlighted how that's used in real life and you're like mm-hmm. I feel super comfortable when I'm reading a book, which is not coming from you, which is yeah. for others. But when I ha- let, let's say you had to recite something of your own, you wouldn't feel comfortable mm-hmm. with that. I don't know. I'm a lot better now, yeah. but it's, yeah. it's, I'm better now because I'm aware that I need less notes. Yeah. I used to think, oh my God, if you have to read out loud, like some, mm-hmm. you're, you're, talk about your ideas, you're, you have to have it exactly. Yeah. But now the less I have, the better because it feels less stressful yeah. to me. Yeah. And I feel like talk, I don't have to talk. hit. Yeah, I don't yeah. have to hit all these points because I didn't give myself very many points. So yeah, yeah, I get it. Like yeah. it's like it's not like listening to yourself and then you make logic of that as you speak out loud. Yeah. Yeah. And I used to not I used to not trust that in myself. Like yeah. I wouldn't be able to have a conversation unless I had like talking points and things to, to say. Like I wouldn't be able to pick up organically from the conversation. And actually I've realized I'm quite good at that. So it yeah. human design really can help y'all with your confidence. Um, there might be stuff in your past that you didn't realize 
was tamping down your sparkle, your shine, your awesomeness, and the reason that you're here. And that's what I love so much about human design is a lot of times the parts of it that we're like, oh, no, that's that doesn't make sense with me, or I don't agree with that, or whatever. Those are the pieces that you really have to look at and go, but why does this irk you? Why does this yeah. bother you that this gate is defined or that this is your profile? Because yeah. the reason it bothers you is probably because there's some part of you saying you can't be that or you shouldn't be that or that's not you because X, Y, Z. Right. Yeah. And that, I think that's what human design helps with. It like just helps to... I guess put words into something that feels so difficult to actually explain. But then when you see it, like especially people who are into logic, right? Uh, like they see something in a chart and they say, well, this is what this means. And they're like, oh, so that's why it's like that for me. Yeah. And you can almost and like go it, of it. Yeah. Then. You're not like, like oh, it's this? not just in my imagination. It's actually mm -hmm. a thing because someone here has put it on a chart. <laughs> right. You know? Right. Yeah, it's some kind so of, in a way, validation, you know, even yeah. though the validation is supposed to come from ourselves, sometimes it helps to have some props. Yeah, exactly. Right. Totally. Like that's what I think human design is. It's like a prop and it's also, it's your experiment. You do it your way. There's some broad strokes that people say you should look at because it will make your life easier. But if it's like really a struggle, then maybe it's not the right time or there's more conditioning to do yeah. or do it in a different way. Yeah, there's plenty of pieces of human design to look at. So if one piece yeah. is like, this has been really hard for me. Yeah. Don't throw it away for good, but yeah. move on to something okay. that you might be like, oh, I'm a, I'm a, this is my profile. This is so fun to look at. Like the, to yeah. me, when it comes to human design, if you're overwhelmed with it from the beginning, Pick the pieces that feel interesting and fun, like you're yeah. reading a horoscope or something. Like you're like, oh, this is cool and neat. Yeah, and the other pieces that. that feel hard are probably just deeper parts of yourself that yeah. you're not that, that you'll get to. You'll right. get there. There's so many pieces of a human design chart that you can really go mm -hmm. anywhere and find some stuff to really like identify with before you go into the oh the deep. This is the deep shit, man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think if people actually actually use it to say, let's see, find their superpowers, because we all have superpowers and mm -hmm. our charts, especially yeah. our information cross, will actually give us 70% of the karma of why we're here, what we're here to do. And then if you're looking for direction, it's not going to tell you your, what your career should be, right? But it's like yeah. going to give you direction of what your soul came here to experience. And, you know, if you if you feel like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do or I'm lost or I, I need some direction, I think the, the incarnation cross is kind of a good way to start after mm -hmm. obviously strategy and authority, but we all have superpowers. And if we are just want to focus on what we're good at or what, let's say, our natural gifts are meant to be according to the chart, mm -hmm. we go in, we look at those channels, those gates, then we can get an idea of actually, I always liked that as a kid. And now I know why, or actually I've always been interested in that, but I've been doing the opposite. And now I know why. Yeah. So I think that that can be really validating. And then yeah. the more we get comfortable with ourselves, then as you said, we can go back to the things that don't feel so great and, you know, uncover it like layers of the onion. Makes you feel vulnerable, man. That's, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, that's why human design is so neat. Well, this 
has been an amazing conversation. I really enjoyed speaking with you. Me too. And um, I'm just going to put it out, out there. If you ever want to come back on and chat, I'm sure we'd have more. Oh, I'd love about. to. I'd um, love it. <laughs> yeah, good. Why don't you tell the people where they can find you? Yeah. Oh, thank you. Um, yes, I, I'm most active on my Instagram. It's at SSW Lifestyle. I have my website, simransandi.com s-i-m-r-a-n-s-o-n-d-h-i i think janelle will have the details be all the notes yeah yeah and uh, yeah i'd love to like uh, just connect with you guys um super open i do some spontaneous lives and live readings so yeah happy to connect with you if it feels good and thank you so much for having me janelle. of course this was wonderful thanks for coming on and i'm sure i'll talk to you again soon yes bye everybody Thank you for listening to Chatting Human Design. Join me again soon. Have a fantastic day.